the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Greetings, and it's meeting time. And today, we're going to continue our introduction of the ninth step of recovery, that we made direct amends to the people we've harmed, except when to do so would injure them or others. Second Corinthians, Paul-inspired word teaches that God restored our relationship with him through Christ, and he's given us the ministry of restoring broken relationships with others. It's in this step that we must lay down our arms of pride, self-centeredness, revolt, and stubbornness. We need to come out of hiding because of our guilt and shame of our past and expose the love of Christ by making amends to the casualties we've left behind. Now, if you're new to our meeting, this sounds like a big order. So let me digress for a moment. In the beginning of our journey of restoration, those of us seeking true recovery agreed to go to any lengths for victory over our addictions. So, if you're caught up in the grips of any type of addiction, if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, if you want what we have, you must do what we do. So what do we do? It's called First Things First. Last week, we learned before we're capable of righting our wrongs to others, we must work on our own stuff first. And we do that by applying these never-ending steps to our lives. We attend recovery meetings with like-minded people where we receive support, mentoring, and encouragement. And for me personally, going to church, breaking bread with fellow believers, this is a very important component of walking with the Lord on my journey of restoration. Now it's the first seven steps that we need to work on ourselves. Let me review them. Number one, we must admit that we're powerless over our addictions and that our lives are unmanageable. Number two, we came to believe that God would restore us to sanity. I received this insurance by witnessing the healing of this mental illness and other people that were just as sick as me. Three, we made a decision to turn our will and lives over to God. And for me, this is repentance and receiving Christ as my Savior. Four, with pen in hand, we made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. We're discovering the root causes of our disease. Why do we do the things we do? and the damage that we've caused to others. Five, we confess these sins to God, ourselves, and another person. And for me, this step was such a cleansing process. Six and seven, we sincerely want to change and pray to God for this transformation. Now that's what I call working on our own stuff first. And I know this might sound intimidating, 
Folks, relax. This is not a one and done. There's no timetable for working these spiritual principles. This is a journey, not a destination. This is a day-by-day journey. Now, when we reach this point in our recovery, most of us have experienced some major changes in our attitudes. You see, we no longer are consumed by our addictions, thinking only of ourselves. Now, it's in the eighth and ninth step that we're preparing to work on others. The people that we've damaged in our zombie-like, self-centered, addictive lifestyle. In the eighth step, we make a list of the people we harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. These eight steps have gifted us with the honesty and humility, the spiritual principles that must be incorporated in step nine. Now comes step nine. When we make amends to others, we're cleaning our side of the street. We're being accountable and responsible for our wrongdoings be it physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, or financially. And the end result will rid us of the guilt and shame as we continue this journey of our internal change and spiritual growth. Now, no doubt the thought of making amends may frighten us. This could be intimidating. It could be risking. But James 5 teaches, confess your sins to each other, pray for each other so that you may be healed. And I promise you, God will reward this risk you take when we make amends with personal freedom and healing of the spiritual chains of guilt and shame that we have with us far too often. Now, let me say this. This ninth principle is not a groveling step of humiliation, nor are we to become doormats and let people run over us. No, no, no. Instead, we need to consider how our negative, self-centered, self-serving, self-righteous behaviors have damaged others, and then take action, then take the risk toward reconciliation. And how do we do that? Well, let's review this ninth principle. Last week, we discussed making direct amends. These are the people who are readily accessible and who can be approached when we're ready for this principle. These people include family members, friends, co-workers, creditors, and yes, even our so-called enemies. What's Jesus teach? Love your enemies and pray for those that persecute you. We try to repair the damage done to these people to the best of our ability, and then we leave the rest to God. And then there are situations that prevent us from making personal contact. They may be people no longer accessible to us. In these cases, indirect amends can satisfy our need for reconciliation. A telephone call or a letter could serve as an amends made in person. If we owe an amends to someone that's deceased, that's tough. But it's very effective to write a letter saying everything we would say as if that person were still alive. And then after praying, we read this letter out loud to someone that's involved in the 12-step community. 
And I can assure you, through my personal experience, a heavy load of angst will be lifted. Now, this step includes a qualifier, except when to do so would injure them or others. Look, we want to be free of guilt and shame, but not at the expense of others. If the person we've sinned against is too weak, sensitive, or wounded, and may even be hurt further by our confession, then perhaps this is not the right time to confess. We don't want to reopen old wounds. And it's recommended to take guidance from others in these situations. Now, some of us have to face situations that can't be corrected. And this is where we have no choice but to rely on a loving, forgiving God. Sometimes the only way we can make amends is to change the way we live. This is called a living amends. We look for ways to be givers instead of takers. We become a productive member of society. We approach people with love, kindness, and deep respect. Now, this is real important. This ninth step is also a way of making amends to ourselves. Our past behaviors humiliated us in a thousand different ways. But now, our past is just that, the past. Memories of yesterday no longer need haunt us. We no longer have to walk with our head down, but with our head up and treat ourselves in ways that demonstrate that we are, in fact, a new person in Christ. Amen? Now, having said all that, let's keep this real. You know, we may be grounded in doctrine by applying these eighth principles to our lives. We may feel responsible to make amends to the tears, fears, anger, and resentments we left behind. But far too many of us procrastinate implementing this ninth principle. And why is that? It's called stinking thinking. Negative thoughts that come from Satan, the deceiver. In Ephesians, Paul warns us, stand firm against the strategies of the devil. Folks, we must be aware of the unseen warfare Satan wages against us. Look, Wicked spirit beings cannot indwell a true believer, but they can oppress, harass, and fill our minds with false promises and lies. The last thing Satan wants you to do is exemplify Christ, and he'll tell you this principle isn't important. You can neglect this step entirely. You see, he wants you to maintain your addictive behaviors and thinking. He wants you to cover up and avoid clearing away this wreckage of our past. The Satan will deceive you. He'll bombard your mind with emotions of justification, apathy, pride, fear, embarrassment, resentments, and procrastination. He'll do everything he can to discourage you from righting your wrongs. Listen, when we harm others with no attempt to rectify these wrongs, The consequences are continuous enslavement of Satan's physical and spiritual bondage. And I guarantee you, this is a reservation for a future relapse. When we listen to Satan's lies, we're not spiritually free to worship God. 
And that's Satan's game plan. He wants to distance us from God. He wants your past to keep you in bondage in the present. He loves our suffering of obsession, guilt, and shame. He's a dead-end lane on this journey of recovery. First John 4, the apostle warns us of the consequences when we fall for Satan's ploys. If someone says, I love God, but hate a fellow believer, that person's a liar. For if we don't love the people we see, how can we love God whom we can't see? Those who love God must also love their fellow believers. So you see, this principle is so important to God, so important that he continually drives this point home in the scripture I ask you to reference, Matthew five twenty three through 24. If you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice at the altar, go and be reconciled to that person, then come and offer your sacrifice to God. Here's the God of the universe who deserves our worship, and he's teaching us that we must have a clean slate in our relationships by making amend to those we've harmed. Then we can worship God with a clear conscience, no guilt, no shame, no regrets. Reconciliation, restitution, making amends, they're a very high priority for God. Look, humanly speaking, applying this principle is almost impossible. We must have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit to be with us to be able to approach these people. At the proper time, God expects you to take this initiative, but he wants you to come to him first in prayer for guidance, courage, and strength to rectify these wrongs. As a child of God, The Holy Spirit will be with us in every situation, providing the wisdom and direction needed to complete this principle. It's the Holy Spirit that will muzzle Satan's lies. Jesus is called the Prince of Peace, and he'll smile down upon us and call us peacemakers. Amen. Next week, we're going to continue this journey of transformation by introducing the 10th step of recovery, that we continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. And I want you to reference Philippians 3, verses 11 through 14. Amen. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.